Tom Bernard show with Andy Brad Bernard, Mike Molina, L.A. Nick, and I hate city pages. Doug Sprinthal will be right back. Tom Bernard show. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant. What's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt. Then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company, and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Ladies and gentlemen, Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Now we're going to play Walzer Cool Cars with you in the third segment. We did it with Nick the last two. So if you're interested in sports or high-performance cars, we've taken all of the used ones across all of the uh, Walzer stores in Minnesota and Kansas, put them in one spot, go to walzer.com, hit inventory, and click on Cool Cars. Check this out. See if this sounds familiar, Thomas. Original MSRP was almost $100,000. 2014 Jaguar XJL Supercharged Navigation Moonroof Backup Camera. 12,000 miles. It's a little under 50 grand. Does that car sound at all familiar to you? Yeah, a little bit. Is it black? It is black. It looks just With like yours, interior? except for, well, I can't see the interior from here, but it, the only difference, I think, is it's got blacked out wheels. But uh, it's, God, it's, it's just, I love that car. I, I, you know what Alex calls that car, by the way? Go ahead. Why'd she's gone. This old so. man car. She goes, old she goes, man old car? Man That's car. not an old man car. I, think it's, I know. It's like, what are you, what? Lincoln Town Car terrible. is an old man car. That's not an no, old there, man yeah, car. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think Jags are cool. So Tom bought I love them. kind of the twin to this from us about a little year and a half That's ago. That's not an old so. man car. No. And it's love it. You know what? Hell, ja- so. Jaguar, I always was a fan of Jaguar until they came out with the S-Series. and That car was just such a yeah, piece of crap. That was not a great car. <laughs> but they've come yeah, back from well, the dead in the last yeah, eight or nine years. So if you're interested in cool stuff, uh, the other one that I was going to point out there is have Nick read through is a, there's an O2 Z06 Corvette manual for wow. it's about 19 grand, 45,000 miles. That's a on. fast car too. Yeah, that's a cool I mean, car and that's it's a, a really fast car. So we started out on the uh, the Ferrari and now we're working our way down to stuff that like normal people like but, uh, me and Molina can afford. I mean, late to late, that that would stay up with that Ferrari. Yeah. I think the Ferrari would pass it in service bills, though. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, That's God. $20,000 tune-up. Yep. Yeah. yeah. They you, still have bucket and shim right. valve train. Like, you have to adjust the valves. You have to take these buckets out and put shims underneath of them. Unbelievable. Like, it's crazy that there's still that technology. I don't think you buy a Ferrari to save money. I'm just guessing. But no. anyway, if you're interested, there's a ton of cool cars here. Walzer.com, hit inventory, hit cool cars, and uh, shop to your heart's content. That's what I got. I think it's wonderful. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. 
We are back, ladies and gentlemen, Tom Bernard Show. I don't know where the hell Andy went. He's just got he, I, I got he a, and Catherine a, just a quick, wandered off. I got a quick question for Doug, though. Sure. Why are all these cool cars in Kansas City? What, like you're bringing them all up from Kansas, right? No, 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 no. Walzer owns, uh, depends on your count, 13, 14 dealerships in, the, in Minneapolis. We also have eight in Kansas. It seems like a lot of the cool cars are coming from Kansas. To well, here. no, that Ferrari's here. That's oh, in, okay. in, okay. that's okay. at Wyzetta, oh, okay. sitting at Wyzetta Nissan. I miss, misheard you. Yeah, no, they're kind of all over the place. That that Hellcat is up here. The um, yeah, the Jaguar is down in Kansas. Oh, I, I do have the, to ask Doug though. Yeah, who in the hell is the previous owner of a Ferrari that trades it in for a Nissan? Nothing against Nissan, but no, I, mean, I don't think it was traded in a okay. Nissan. Just had to make sure. I think what happened was is that uh, we've got a, a guy who specializes in buying Highline cars, okay. and I think he got a call from a dealer that was taking it on trade, didn't know what to do with it. Well, I, I, somebody who would do that, though, somebody in the middle of a divorce. No, he's right. No, trust me. You dump your high-end cars when you're getting a divorce, so you get that get that cash to hide it. Yeah, because you can't hide a car. Imagine that's true. It's called down trading. Yeah, it is true, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Molina, are you recording the Twins game? Uh, well, I'm keeping up to it. No, I'm not. Well, you are keeping up with it. Yep. Uh, okay, I just want to. If you are recording the, the Twins game, just uh, block your ears and hum for a couple of seconds, uh, because uh, going into the bottom of the fourth, the Twins were down one to nothing. Bottom of the fourth, the Twins scored eight runs. Wow. Uh, on five hits and a few walks, this is what basically happened: a couple of walks and five hits and all the rest of it. They go to the top of the fifth, leading eight to one. They've already given up a run, and the bases are loaded for the Astros with only one out. Actually, they've what given up three now. What in the hell now. is that? It's 8-4. Three what? They gave up three runs total so far. Oh, God. See, this thing's way behind then. So it's 8-4. Yep. They, oh, God. Oh, God. It's April. Calm they, down. They got an 8-1 to one lead. You don't give up that kind <laughs> of deal. It's April. What are you doing? <laughs> you don't give up that. You never know in Minnesota sports, man. Wow. Big oh, night for Minnesota sports. Timberwolves tonight. Yep. Yes. You got the, and the Timberwolves wild. tonight. And the Wild. And the Wild. They're at uh, Winnipeg. And, uh, the, wild know, could, the Wild could pull are, it off. They could. They could. But they haven't before. Honest to God. Who's playing the harp? What was that all about? Oh, anyway, so yeah, the twins. So the twins are up eight to four right now. Uh, yeah, this. I'm on the Star Tribune site. The it's not keeping up. So I'm gonna. What do you want? MLB.com. Uh, yeah. I just, Is that where you? Yeah. Yeah. MLB.com does a better job than you know. Well, I mean, it's not the Star Tribune's business to keep uh, keep track of the uh, major, major league pay, baseball. You pay. You pay. You pay that ninety nine cents to look at their site. At whose site? Star Tribune. Uh, not, yeah, it's like ninety nine cents. I don't know how much it is. Like, is it? I think it's fifteen bucks a year, though, or something. Oh, I don't know. I don't or pay fifteen it. bucks. I, I don't know. It's fifteen. I don't know. I get it. Like I said, there are some decent people there working out. I, to be honest with you, I don't. I don't hold it against these people. They're all BSers and they all hate my guts. Who cares? I, whatever. I read your newspaper. I grew up with it. Oh my God, Tom is. Uh, is it, yeah, what? Okay, yeah, I'm the worst of all time. And, oh no, I have. Oh, it's eight I to five have, now. I have Great. no problem with the strip. I just don't. I'm not going to pay to look at a website. Mm, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, because it is old news. That is, that's absolutely. I can get true. it anywhere for free. Why am I going to pay for it? 
Well, that is true. It's eight to five now, by the way. Yep. Wow! It's just they're they're pissing me off. They're really yeah. driving me nuts because they had an eight to one lead and now it's eight to five. So what is this, are you uh, doing? this AJ Hinch, the uh, manager for Houston? Yeah. yeah. What up? Yeah. What up? He went off the deep end yeah. about the weather. Yeah. Shut up. You know what else? It's cold out. <laughs> oh, shit. oh, the I'm game's here. Killed. Yeah. Well, nice didn't you out. notice yeah, there was no parking? No, I got even there, worse than there's never any parking. There's never any parking, but then you got people walking around and it's just chaotic. And I was in a daze in an got, Uber. We got ten more shows at that location. Then we're moving to a different location that has free parking you know, and tons of it. You know what? The, the, so if you live in the city of Minneapolis and you don't have, I lucky privileged enough to have a parking space, blessed enough to have my own space. But if you don't, yeah, and you park at meters. You'll never know, but if you park if you parked your car last night and there's a game today, this morning at eight o'clock it goes to event charges, which is it's a lot. It's like it's like twenty bucks an hour. So if you don't know that and you just plug the meter by on your phone with your app for regular time, you're getting a ticket, mm-hmm. and it's an expensive ticket because event it changes from event to event rate. Well, it does. Yes. I would never live anywhere that didn't have a parking space. That's just a bad idea. Yeah, it really is. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to lose, in downtown Minneapolis, the St. Paul Minneapolis Business Journal just did this story. We're going to lose 16,000 parking spaces in the next three months. Well, then I hope they enjoy everyone leaving because that's what's going to happen. They're knocking down the government ramp ramp near government center. The the big, huge surface land. lot in front of the armory that Thriven owns is going to be gone because Thriven's building their world headquarters there. And then the little parking lot in front of Thriven's going to be going away because they're building apartments there. And the lot on the other side of the street is going away because right in front of House of Charity because they're building apartments there. So they're going to lose a lot of parking spaces. Just That's just downtown east. There's other two other lots in the north side that are going north in the north loop area that are going away so they want to get rid of all parking they don't want people driving cars anymore yeah clearly well then they're going to have to invest in you know like decent mass transit oh, we or have something we have the most ill-fated planned mass transit in the world yeah that's, that's what i've heard that's the thing that's not good news you can't just take away all parking spaces and then, well, the, for for one, the businesses are all going to leave because yeah. if that, no one can park anywhere near them, then they can't do business. Is this all Jacob Fry, L.A.? No, this, it, it's, this, this has been in place before. Plan. Listen, it's it's oh, no it matter has, who's okay. in charge, who, no matter who's in government here, it's not. It's bigger than them. This is corporate America taking over. The city of taking over people, companies like Thrivent, they're taking over. They they have all the pull. You know, Wells Fargo. Why can't they, they just expand out instead of up? Well, they're actually downsizing. Thrivent's downsizing their their new corporate headquarters is is smaller than their headquarters now. Unfortunately, their their headquarters that they have now is going to become uh, a health and welfare services. That's that's now over on Eleventh Street. Child Services, Health and Welfare, which is makes 11th Street over there not so appealing. So now that's going to be right down on 7th Street. So I don't know what's going to happen there. But, yeah, Thrivent's actually downsizing their property. Unbelievable. But they're, I, I just... But they're trying to force people to take the train everywhere they go, aren't well, they? Well, there's going to be no parking, I can tell you that. 16,000 parking okay. spaces are going away. 
Well, so a question I have for you is, are they going to keep the people on the mass transit trains safe by having guards on board yeah, every car? they're going to have to. You, because well, if they don't, there's going to be so much crime, it's going to be unbelievable. You know, I, I have to laugh because it's, it's if you go to Center City, Philadelphia, and you, you go to the airport and you get on a train, you know, the, them, them septic trains, they're still using the old school, all stainless steel septic trains from like the 70s. And you oh, go, really? Yeah, and you go on there, and it's cash. You know, there's a guy with a the guy sitting on the train with a stack of cash, like like 12 inches thick. And you you pay this guy, <laughs> you pay this guy, and, and he gives you your change, and he hands you a card, and he punches it with a hole puncher, and hands it back to you. And this guy's got like, I mean, some cash. I'm talking a couple thousand dollars in his hand. And you sit on those trains, they're all clean, nobody's out of order, and they run it perfect. And that's a big city, and we can't do anything even close. And we have all modern-day technology here. I don't, I don't really understand what we're trying to do in, in Minneapolis. I just don't understand it. That's why, hey, look, uh, the mayor of St. Paul reaches out to Catherine uh, and me and invites us to go on a tour of uh, St. He calls it the Nickel Tour of St. Paul. No one in Minneapolis has ever done that. And I grew up in Minneapolis. Oh, they won't. I they don't care. Paul, they ain't gonna, they, ain't gonna they don't, couldn't here. care less. No. They couldn't care less. You have to, you have to uh, be, you you think, have to you be know, Mortensen Construction or one of these big developers before they give you anything. Yeah, it's just, it's just unbelievable. Well, so good. Yeah, I love you know, St. Paul. I've always loved St. Paul. I, and it's so weird. I was one of the few guys, you know, back in my generation that even went to St. Paul. Guys from St. Paul never went to Minneapolis. But I loved St. Minneapolis and St. Paul are right next to one another. The Twin Cities, ladies and gentlemen, if you've never been to the Twin Cities, they are literally right next to one another. Uh, river separates them in some areas. Uh, I, they're completely different cities. They're different people. They're different cities, different architecture, different streets. They're, they're not alike at all. That's why I love each city so much. You know, I, I have really to, wish I have they to did some you, about so, crime in Minneapolis. I have to ask you, so you, there's a little town, I, I, I don't know why I'm blanking on the name. There's a little town right near Dayton, like a real nice downtown area. A little town by Maple Dayton. Grove? No, no. Well, there's no. Rogers. There's a no, heat, no. There, no. Elk which River? Way, which way is it? Uh, so if you go so if you go out of your property and you're heading towards down, mm-hmm. downtown Dayton, instead of making a left to the firehouse, you make a right. And there's a little town up there. So oh, little, yeah, that's uh, um, really oh, nice, quaint yeah. downtown. Like, really nice. Ramsey? Is it Anoka? Ra- I don't there's know. Ram- so I'm asking Ram- you guys. That, well, I don't think. Really, it has a name. I think that's just like part of Dayton. Dayton's no, no, pretty no, enormous. No, this, this is its own town. Mm. That's very cool. Anyway, I, well, it, I, it is. I, I spent the day up there the other day, and it's a whole different world. Like, people came up and talked to you, and yep. <laughs> people yep. said hi to you, and it was... No, it's a completely yeah, different deal. Yeah, a whole different deal. You're going to love it, I, I tell you, honestly. it's. I tried to talk Andy in, into buying the house, but he said he doesn't... It's, it's too expensive for him. And I, I, I do like though. I do like St. Paul too. I like going over to St. Paul. St. Paul is a different Paul's vibe. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. St. Paul's downtown is. Uh, well, I, I wasn't downtown. I was, I think, like in a first tier suburb. But it was. Uh, I liked being in that area. It just was too far from everything. 
Yeah, it's a, you know, that's one thing I will tell you, but Catherine and I do get around Minnesota, as we said. We, the family goes to Duluth every year. I go up to St. Cloud a lot. We go down to Red Wing a lot and all the other, you know, smaller towns on the way to all those places. We go out west uh, to, you know, Hutchinson. and There are tons of really great places in Minnesota and western Wisconsin that we go to all the time. And if you don't do that, you're really missing out, I'm telling you. You really are. There's so many because... great, quaint little towns. Hastings is a wonderful town. You yeah, go across Hastings, the river. Red Wing. All, all those up and, yeah, it's wonderful stuff. You know, Hudson, Hudson, Wisconsin is a great town. It's There's right a lot the of river. great restaurants in Hudson in the last 10 years. There's some really, really yeah, good absolutely. spots there. Uh, really, really good. Well, as you know, Hastings, the restaurants in Hastings are fantastic. Yep, there are some good ones there. They've done a great job in Hastings. But, yeah, I, if you're just in the city all the time and you can't drive your car around downtown Minneapolis anymore, obviously, because there's nowhere to park it, hop in your car and go out to some of these uh, smaller towns around. Uh, there, And it's like a 250-mile radius. Seriously, it's it's. There are tons of towns, like Cannon Falls is another place that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. New Richmond, Wisconsin is a great place. Stillwater is still is one of my favorite places to go to. It's I was there wonderful. this weekend. Yeah, it's just, it, you need to get, get out and see these places because they have great restaurants. They have great things to do. They're beautiful anyway in the summertime. I mean, once June 15 hits, get in your car, uh, you know, Every weekend, every other weekend, once a month, whatever it is, and go to some of these places because you'll love it. I'll tell you, you flat out. I'll you tell will you, absolutely you, love it. You know what's even a great weekend getaway if you live in the Twin Cities? It's a four-hour drive, mm-hmm. and you'll have a great time. It's downtown Fargo. Downtown oh, Fargo yeah, is a great town. It's a great weekend getaway. Go it stay is. at the Hodo yep. Hotel, and if, you, if you're interested in that, Google the words, this is Fargo, and watch the video. I did a commercial for Fargo. They hired me to do a commercial for downtown Fargo, and I show, I I sh- and I show all of downtown Fargo what's there, and it's, a, it's an amazing town, and you'll have a blast there for the weekend. It has so many, especially if you're, if you're a nighttime guy and bar hopper, they got a lot of bars in downtown Fargo. In North Dakota. <laughs> in North, well, I, can, I call that Minnesota. Yeah, it is pretty close. Yeah, it's Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Fargo Moorhead. Yeah. It is Clay County. What's Cass Clay County? That's the whole I call it Fargo, Fargo, Minnesota. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, it, hey, I lived, uh, I lived there. Remember, I made the big mistake. Uh, you know, hey, I live in Fargo Moorhead. So, uh, but I actually lived on the Moorhead side. But you can buy fireworks on the Fargo side. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought I could shoot them off. You can't be shooting them off in Moorhead, man. Don't, don't be doing that. That's a big mistake. We will be right back. Tom Bernard Show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Did you know that 60% of people over the age of 60 are starting to experience cloudy, blurry, or dim vision due to cataracts? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years. But did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed. And I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. 
I'm at that age when my vision started to fade, so called up the folks at Whiting Clinic, and they helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology options, so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you want to learn more about your options for cataract surgery and clearer vision, attend one of Whiting Clinic's cataract seminars. Call Whiting Clinic at 855-554-2020 to reserve today. Space is limited, so don't delay. That's 855-555-2020 to learn more about your cataract surgery options at Whiting Clinic. Back, ladies and gentlemen, Tom Bernard Show. You know, uh, we're talking about doing a tour with the KQ Morning Show and the Tom Bernard uh, Podcast, Tom Bernard Show, going to, you know, St. Cloud and Brainerd and Duluth and, you know. We should should definitely do that. We should this summer. We're talking a lot about it uh, because, first of all, St. Cloud's like an hour and a 15-minute drive. Brainerd's absolutely gorgeous, too, in the summertime. Duluth is one of my favorite places in Minnesota. So why don't they have a high-speed train from, like, a triangle, Duluth, uh, St. Cloud, and uh, the Twin Cities? They they did at one time. Andy, we just got a train from St. Paul to Minneapolis. (laughs) That's true, and they can barely keep that. We just got that! Well, that is true. But it's like, you know, how much... Investment could that possibly be in you order think, to? I mean, once you connect the two towns, there's going to be a lot of tourism between the two. What's and it, tourism what's it, is free money. What's it? Nine miles from St. Paul to Minneapolis? Yeah, really. And that we, was I, I don't. And we that just really not got that train in 2017. You're talking, you're talking downtown to downtowns about nine miles. Is it yeah. that far? I didn't even think it was that far. Yeah, I think it's nine, nine miles. Isn't that far? I believe yeah, it's nine you, miles. You're probably right. Center, city center to city center. Yeah, I mean, it's... And we just great, got that! I, I know. Yeah, kind of sad. Yeah, I but, have to but, agree. we got yes. three million bike paths between here and there. <laughs> yep. Because you know what they say about Minnesota, everything is so close you can bike, right? Oh, yeah, in Jan- January. Just bike to Duluth. In January, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want to do, is it? yes, you want to... Yeah, uh, you can't use the bike paths like four months out of the year. Four? Try oh, like six. More than that. Yeah, so, I mean, bike paths are good, but they're not a priority, I would say. I saw a stat that that, that the Bike Coalition says that 4% of the population of Minneapolis uses our bike paths. But in reality, that's what they say. That's that's what they're claiming. But everyone else, the city says 2%. So for the money spent, spent, it is ridiculous. Ridiculous! It's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It is. I understand. And, but a lot of cities around the United States are doing that. They're spending a ton. Well, yeah, the east and west coast where it's nice, they're all doing that. And then Minneapolis is like, oh, uh, we want to be like them. And even though it doesn't yeah. make sense because our climate is totally different. I mean, maybe if like they had like enclosed bike, like almost like the Skyway, but for bikes. But that would be way too expensive. Did you oh, guys, yeah, that did, would be spendy. Did you guys see my video I did on on uh, handicap uh, handicap pass in Mexico? No, I got no. I got to show it to you. <laughs> what is it? What's it all about? So, so I'm walking up the street and, and I'm you know in Mexico and you don't you see anything like that. There's nothing politically correct in Mexico. There's no fire exits. There's no you know 
handicap thing. So I'm walking down the street and I see a handicap ramp on the curb. I'm like, wow, I've never seen this in Mexico. So I start walking up that sidewalk. I walk up with the handicap symbol and it's blue outline. And I walk about 10 feet. <laughs> I walk about 10 feet and then there's 10 steps. <laughs> they go down. Oh my God. <laughs> What? So yeah, so I walk down the ten steps, and the the corners of the steps are painted blue. <laughs> and then I keep walking, and then there's a telephone pole or the tree next to it, so you can't you can barely squeeze your body by, and and like a fourteen inch curb next to it. I did a whole video. I had to show you this video. I walked about four blocks doing this video, and if you were in a wheelchair, you'd be in big trouble. <laughs> uh, terrible. It cracked me. It was so funny, but. You know, it's it's weird. I've been I've been to a lot of countries, and a lot of countries don't go to this big of an effort for bike pass and and handicap access. Like most of Europe doesn't. I mean, Italy doesn't have anything. In Japan, if you're in a wheelchair, you're just, you're screwed. I mean, they have a braille yeah. trail. You're great. Oh, really? if, Japan's great if you're blind. They must have a lot of blindness because I don't care where you go in Japan, there is a braille trail on the sidewalk in every city. Well, they have a lot of very, very old people is what they have. But if you're in a wheelchair, you, there is no elevators there no, for no subways. I feel, like, I feel like wheelchairs are a lot rarer than they were when I was a kid. It seems like it. I think it? they've like, I think most of the things that put people in wheelchairs, they figured out a better way. I mean, obviously, like, if your spine is damaged or something, you're going to be in a wheelchair. Well, so, there know, was a lot of polio too bad. back in the day. That's, that's oh, yeah, there gone. was. Yeah. A lot of polio. Yeah. Did you know that there's someone still alive in an iron lung? No, I didn't. Really? Not. Yeah. He's the last person alive who uses an iron lung. He gets about two hours a day outside of it. Uh, there's only one person in the country that knows how to operate and fix it. You better give me a lot it's of like, drugs if you've got to keep me in there for 22 hours a day. <laughs> Yeah, oh, why would man. you even want to? I mean, you better go give me on. a lot of dope. Yeah, because you're, you're literally laying perfectly still. And you a, can't move at all for 22 hours and a, a day. In pretty much a casket. Yep. Only your head sticks out. Oh, I'd, I'd go berserk. Well, do you have any other depressing stories that I could hear about? Uh, I'd go we're berserk. talking about wheelchairs. Yeah, we are. It's absolutely true. But in any case, it all works out in the end. Yeah, you we all die. Saying? Yeah, we all die and uh, sweet release of death, and we don't have to worry about yeah. it. So, that yeah. is how it works. I always, out, I always, I always tell Nancy, why worry about anything if you're not going to worry about your dot? You're going to die. Like, you're going to die. So why worry about all the stupid little things in your life? You're going to die. Yeah, it's true. Well, yeah. I so mean, just enjoy your day. You know, I, but I try to tell myself that, and I'm not very good at that. What are you worried about this for? What are you even thinking about this for? And you know, someday you're going to die, and you're not going to. I can't, I can't get that through my head. I, I just, just enjoy, I try my best. Enjoy this day it. because you're gonna die. All right, let's change the subject. Doug doesn't want. I got, I got a new show. Quiet. That. You talk too much. Jesus. Look, Molina's <laughs> over there. Tears are rolling down his face. Yeah, it's because the twins just had two on with nobody out and oh, couldn't no. bring one run in. Yeah, I got something okay. new for you to they watch. I've suck. only I've only watched the first episode last night, but it's pretty good. Do you like westerns? All right. Yeah, I love westerns. Okay, the, Jeff Daniels is in a new one called Godless. It's called God. Oh, you know, somebody. I think somebody mentioned it to me, but I don't know much about it. What, so and what he, is it? And he's the badass, believe it or not. And he's kind of scary. Oh, I love Jeff Daniels. Yeah, so check it out. I love I, Jeff Daniels. I think it's a Netflix deal. Let me see if I can find it. We watched the first episode last night. Called Godless, and yep. you think it's on, yes. on what? It was created for Netflix. Yep. 
creative enough because he's also in Looming Tower, so he's working a lot. Yeah, and he's you know he's got a lot of depth as an actor. I think you know he does. he's certainly made a lot of money on Dumb and Dumber, but I think people that haven't really given him much of a shot. He's been in a lot of great movies and some really weird stuff over yeah. the years. I I well, yeah, flicking through the channels last night and I came across uh, uh, Wyatt Earp and I'll tell you Doc Holliday, Val Kilmer that that role is just flawless. Mm-hmm. Like that dude played that role flawless. He, like he, he is Doc Holliday. How about that scene where where he says I got a lot of friends and he goes I don't. Just the way he, that look <laughs> it, on his face just, when he says I don't. You can Phenomenal. watch it a thousand but, times and you just go, oh, yep. man, he's so yep. good. There's a scene in, in the in the beginning of Godless where Jeff Daniels rides into a church and he's like I say, he's the badass. He's on his horse and he gets up on the on the uh, by the altar and he starts just grinding on. It. He says, "Now." If you don't want to suffer like our Lord Jesus did, you will listen to me. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Better take him seriously, Oh, man. yeah. So it's called Godless. It's on yep. Netflix. Now on I Netflix. Get, I'm going to have to watch it yep. because I will absolutely have to watch it because I love Jeff Daniels and I love Westerns. You know, I haven't seen The Ballad of Lefty Brown yet. Have you guys seen that movie? I have not. I saw the previews and I never got to see it. And I'm not generally yeah, a Western fan, but there's a, there's oh, a half a dozen of them. Like uh, one of my favorite movies is the uh, Unforgiven. I think that's just fabulous. I, I love westerns. They're yeah, my favorites. Nancy too. Great, I, yeah, westerns are very very good. And uh, I don't know. I, I just the problem that I have is that every movie comes out now is a superhero movie or it's a science fiction movie or it's a, that's yeah, where the money yeah. is. I know, and I know, and you're absolutely right, Andy. That's where all the money is, and they're going to keep making them because that's what everybody goes to. Yep. I can't stand them. Well, there's always every yeah. year there's a fresh supply of 14 year olds. Well, you're so, right. You're 100 percent right. So and whereas every teenager basically likes the same thing, so it's you know it's free money. Once people become adults, their interests hopefully diversify a little so it's harder to just it's harder to just say you know this is a movie that literally everyone who's 45 will like yeah so it's easier to just go with the safe route make something for teenagers i just can't watch those cgi movies i just i just can't do it no i can't either what happened to the art of acting and the art of movie making i mean they thank god there are still some independent films being made uh that i catherine and i go see and we love them and you know, Harry Dean Stanton, his last movie was a movie called Lucky. And most people would probably not like the movie at all. I absolutely loved it because Harry Dean Stanton was one of my favorite. I, what would you call him? He'd be like, he's not a bit player and he's not a star. Well, he was a character secondary actor. character. I guess just yeah, a character actor, secondary character, yeah, absolutely. But uh, he was damn good, man. He And he just died, I think, with the last... 12 months or six months or whatever the hell it is. But I need to see more acting. I don't want to see this overblown. And, and you're right. Movies now are made for 14-year-olds. Now, a problem I do have is we're going to see A Quiet Place this weekend. Alex, we're going to go over to the West End and see it. Uh, I love the West End. They do a nice job. But I really, really hope, since it's called A Quiet Place, that you'll shut up. God, the last five movies yeah. I've gone to, people on their phones and they're yammering and they're, they're oh, wait till you see this part. Yeah, it's that's like, the thing. Is Jesus. The audience could very easily ruin that movie. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. And once they do, it's like, you know, the experience is ruined. So what can you do? And that's why yeah, I don't Kristen go to the movies. Said, yes. I, I, wish, I wish they would 
they're going to have to have ushers in the theater telling people, get off your phone and quiet down, or you're going to have to leave. Just get a, bring a splatball gun several, with you. Can you even imagine? Well, Kristen said yesterday on this show, she said, do not buy a drink with ice in it. Don't buy any popcorn. Don't buy anything that crunches because the movie's called A Quiet Place. And if you're making noise, oh, people are going to get really pissed The last really time I went, the, the lady next to me just slurping on an empty soda for the oh, whole half of the movie, man. Oh, I mean, I so loud that I was going crazy. I can't take it. Yeah, I mean, it sucks, but theaters are not going to be around for a not, whole lot Not only was she slurping on it, every other second she'd shake it. And then slurp oh, it and then yep. shake Jesus. it. Because there was nothing left It's amazing. It. I'm like, do you realize I'm sitting right next people, to you? Yeah, it's amazing how many people act like they're the only person on earth until they need something. And then all of a sudden they like get the ability to see other people. Everybody is so <laughs> inconsiderate anymore of anyone sure? around them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. It's the That's worst. Too bad. But yeah, Kristen said, "Do not, uh, don't be crunching stuff, or sit far, far away from people if you're going to be doing that. Not right in the middle of the crowd." Uh, she said, "It's a very, very quiet movie, and the crunching of all that stuff is going to ruin the movie for people if you do it." So I don't know, but I think you're probably. God, I love going to the movie. Uh, we we go out to the you know the the uh, Marcus Theater out there by Alex's house. This uh, we go we go to West End by our house. We love it. They do a pretty good job. When we're down, uh, you know, on vacation in Florida or whatever, there's a place called uh, Movie Co. And, it, and it's a beautiful theater. It's a, a very French-looking theater. I mean, it looks like a palace. But they're starting to let people make noise in there and get on their phones. They're going to have to get ushers. To is, tell that people, one, is that the one? Is that the one? Right off of uh... City Place. Yeah, City Place. Yeah. Well, yep. yeah. Yep. It's that. It's one. in City Place, though. It's called the Parisian, I, I think. I know, but you know what's right behind, right behind City Place ain't the best neighborhood. So, uh, It's gotten a lot better now. North, as you go up Sapadilla, it, it gets yeah. pretty rough up around Palm Beach Lakes Boulevard. But they've pretty much uh, they've pretty much straightened up that whole area down well, there. Well, i tell you, and the, somebody... it, you know, I don't know if you know the story of City Place and across the street. That was the worst, one of the worst it neighborhoods was, yeah. Ever it was yep. and it, yep, ever it was. and the a mayor came in and she literally went in there and said you're moving <laughs> we're buying your property buy and she leveled yeah. the whole neighborhood just knocked all these houses down and kicked everybody out yeah, she bought did. them out and she she, she cleaned it up I will tell you what though on on Sunday I went for a long bike ride and I uh, there's a tunnel you go under Okeechobee the Okeechobee Bridge in a tunnel yep I know exactly and I where went it's through at. there Sunday. I went through there Sunday morning. About an hour later, a woman was going through that very same tunnel, and the guy stabbed her. Got it. I mean, I mean, you are literally a hundred feet from some of the richest people in the world. Mm-hmm. Huge well, that, mansions well, but that's, and all. But stuff. that's the problem down there. The saying that's yeah. saying the wrong side of the tracks. It came from South yeah. Florida. You have yeah, yeah. kind of billionaires. You need a buffer. Ghetto, right? In, right you next. You need a buffer. To you need. Between any uh, high income and low income area, you need commercial I mean, areas. Literally, because, once yeah, once you, you cross the railroad tracks at Dixie at US one, you're on a different world. Yeah, yeah, you are. You're in a different it's world. It's getting better. Man. It's getting better on Okeechobee and Lakeview, but but you go a little north. You're right. It's it's rough. We'll be back. I have a special guest coming up next, Tom Bedard Show. This is Tom for Flow. For the past 35 years, Flow's passion to invent a better way has created some of the finest recreational products available. Flow's Cargo Max trailer line is a perfect example of their innovation. 
This trailer is redefining the utility trailer industry. They start with a strong aluminum frame and then add a thermoform polymer bed. It gives you a nearly indestructible one-piece trailer body. And since it's molded, it adds style that the trailer industry has never seen. They even beat it with a large sledgehammer at 20 below zero to prove how tough it is. Best of all, you'll never worry about dents, rust, rot, or paint. Visit their website at floeintl.com to find your local dealer and to see videos of this unique trailer, including a video showing hockey star Ryan Suter shooting pucks at it, trying to break it. You'll quickly see how Flow has earned the reputation for quality products and offering you more for your money. Flow, a better way. I'm here with my real estate agent, Chris Lindahl, and after seeing what he did for me, I asked if he had something that would help our listeners. Chris, what do you got? We have something very special for KQ listeners. April 16th through the 18th, the Chris Lindahl team is hosting our SellerWorkshop.com series where we're going to teach you how to net between thirty to $60,000 more on your home sale. And the best part is it's absolutely free. So that sounds great, Chris, but what's the catch? Tom, here's what I'll share with you. The number one core value at the Chris Lindahl team is to be generous. I have a teaching degree, and this is my passion to educate homeowners in the Twin Cities on how to sell your house the right way so you don't end up leaving tens of thousands of dollars on the table going through the traditional real estate process. So go to sellerworkshop.com for times and locations and to sign up for your free ticket. The seller workshops are happening April 16th through the 18th. Seating is limited and trust me, they sell out fast. Visit sellerworkshop.com or call 763-401-SOLD. This is Magnificent Seven. Yep. Yes, it is. The theme for Magnificent Seven. I, they redid it, and it wasn't very good. The original Magnificent Seven was really good. I mean, they, they, the second one was was okay. I mean, Denzel Washington's a hell of an actor, but it was not as good as the original. The original was fantastic. Please welcome our special guest, Dina Castor. Her new book, Let Your Mind Run, a memoir of thinking my way to victory. It is out, as a matter of fact, as of yesterday. It came out yesterday. Dina Castor, an Olympic medalist and the American record holder in the marathon. Oh, now you're going to be showing off, Dina. Here we go. <laughs> Marathoner. I was just watching Jeopardy yesterday, and there was a kid on there that just blew everybody away. Uh, he was from Brown University, and he, he, he was a long-distance runner in, co- in high school. And they asked him, have you ever run a marathon? He said, no, I've run half marathons, but I'm going to run my first marathon in a couple of months. So he was all stoked. He's jacked up about it. Uh, When did you start running such uh, long distances? Gosh, thanks for having me, you guys. I I started running marathons in 2001. My very first one was the New York City Marathon. But I've been a distance runner since I was 11 years old. I'm 45 right now. So at those longer distances for a while before trying um, trying out the marathon in 2001, and it was a, a love affair from the very beginning. I loved the sense of community on the start line and, and really enjoyed those 26.2 miles, as painful as they were at moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand that. What amazes me about people like you, Dina, uh, is the speed at which you can run such long distances. My God, you maintain an incredible mile per hour uh, velocity. It's amazing. 
Yeah, when um, my personal best was in London in 2006, where I ran 219, and that's about a 519 per mile pace. And I was just doing workouts just recently and running five minutes and 19 seconds per mile. Repeats, not anything longer than that, but just doing uh, mile repetition and then stopping, and I was hitting 519s and 520s. So I was like, man, I used to be able to hold this for 26.2 miles, so... I think um, as we age, we need need to accept that we're pushing our limits in a different way, and it's still good to get out there and and um, and push your limits and practice your your positivity and sculpting your mind and your body stronger and more enduring. But um, it certainly looks different now than it did years ago. I could understand that, but people maybe need to understand is you were talking about running a five nineteen mile average for yes. twenty six miles. Yes. That's incredible because it was not that many decades ago when a human being ran a four-minute mile or broke the four-minute mile for the first time. That was not that long ago, and that was just running one mile. Right, and um, and even just in the sport of women's distance running, um, that Joan Benoit Samuelson won the first ever Olympic women's marathon in 1984. She shows up at all the major races around the country, including Boston, the Boston Marathon coming up, and the women that paved the way for for females to be able to run marathons were Bobby Gibb, who banded the race sure. um, years ago, and um, Catherine Switzer, who just last year celebrated her the 50th anniversary of her completing the Boston Marathon. These women are still running. They show up at these races. They continue to impress and inspire. And so I think any female, females take up more than 50% of our starting lines at major road races across the country. We all owe them a huge amount of gratitude for paving the way for, for us to be able to, to be out there. And no question about that. Uh, and let your mind run a memoir of Thinking My Way to Victory. That Now, the title of the book, that is a huge part. I think the average person goes, well, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to start running. Uh, I'm going to start jogging and then I'll start running. And then once I start running, I'll start running some distance. And once I start running some distance, I'll go for a 5K and then I'll go for a 10K and then it'll be a half marathon. That'll be a marathon. Thinking your way through all of that is a huge part of it, isn't it? Absolutely. And I felt when I was starting to write this book that there's so many training programs out there that are really fantastic for anybody to follow and that I wanted to produce a book that can complement any of those any of those programs because we can all use the same task, tactics to sculpt our mind. Our minds are, um, like us, are creatures of habit. And if we're slightly positive or slightly more negative, we've, we've sculpted our minds and and um, created the habit of that kind of thinking and this book is all about trying to pay attention to what thoughts and what um, what the tones that we use with ourselves and um, and our, our, our mental decisions our decision makings and our perspective how those are actually working out for us and considering alternatives to, to serve us better that makes total sense last summer uh, my wife Catherine and I uh, were at the, the finish line for a marathon in Minneapolis, St. Paul, a Twin Cities Marathon, and it's so amazing. It, it's it's really thrilling and heartbreaking and amazing all at the same time. There were people that were within a few hundred yards of finishing, and their bodies just wanted to give up, but their minds wouldn't let them do it. And people went alongside them to make sure they didn't hurt themselves because they had nothing left physically, 
but they still somehow finished those races. That watching that, Dina was was incredible because their their body was telling them there is no way you're going another 200 yards, but they did it. Right, and those are the people that become everyday heroes. And when you go through a moment like that in a race that seems so um, unbearable, unimaginable, impossible. Um, and can still find a way to get through it. It is, it's such an empowering moment to realize then in life, because everything we learn through sports or our careers, our professions, um, are, are un- can become universal truths. And so to be able to accomplish something, that extraordinary task um, allows you to, to go into any situation with the confidence of having the ability to be able to overcome it. You know, it's interesting to me, and always has been, there are people that are built to marathon, uh, women and men who are just uh, the right height, the right size, the right muscle mass, or whatever the situation is. Um, Not everybody can be a long-distance runner. Everybody thinks they can do it, and they can maybe do it for a while, but, um, like, a, a guy... When I got out of high school, I was six one and and a, a half, and I weighed 245 pounds, and there was not a whole lot of fat on me. There is no way that I could have been a marathon runner. It's just I'm not I'm not built to be a marathon runner. Isn't that pretty much yeah. true? I you know I I would have to disagree with you, and I'm going to get you a bib number really? into into the next marathon. Uh, to be on the starting line of of a marath- any marathon across the country, it's so extraordinary mm-hmm. to see the the variety of ability, of motivation, of um, ethnicity, gender. Everybody comes from different walks of life, different body types, um, different goals and paces they're going to be running. And we all go through the same exact process when we're out there. And I think this sport, the sport of distance running, more than any other sport that I can can imagine, um, really is a sense of community and unity that we can that we can experience these things and help encourage and motivate those people that you you witnessed um, staggering towards the the finish line and the the wonderful runners next to them knowing that they had the ability, not wanting to interfere, but making sure that they came across the finish line safe is exactly the spirit of, mm-hmm. of what the marathon is all about. So I could stand on the basketball court and shoot free throws all day long and never really know what it's like to be Kobe Bryant or some NBA star. Right, but if, you, right. if you're running in a half marathon or a marathon, you know exactly what the people up front and behind are going through. I think you're absolutely right about that. I have to read... Uh... I, uh, a couple of, uh, they're not really paragraphs here, a couple of lines actually. Dina Castro, an Olympic medalist and American record holder in the marathon, big shot, as I said, Dina, American record holder in the marathon, was a star youth runner with tremendous promise, yet her career almost ended after college because of her mindset that she had to win, that she had to lead, left her afraid of failure and led to doubt, negativity, and harsh self-judgment. How did you overcome because I tell you what, I've been in I've been in radio now for 48 years, and I still have that that I have to win, otherwise I will not enjoy this job at all. I've never gotten rid of that, Dina, and it's probably hurt me over the years. I mean, not in the oh, ratings. Oh, I can't wait like for that. you to read my book. I can't wait for you to read. It. <laughs> um, yeah, so it'll be good I, for me. It'll know, be really I, good for me. Yeah, I think it like in time and in, in races, I've felt. Extremely 
extraordinary disappointment. And it took me a long time to realize that disappointment didn't mean that I was a failure. That disappointment actually meant that I cared a lot and that I wanted to I wanted better out of myself. So how can I be better? How do I is it just that I have to continue? Do I just have to keep doing what I'm doing or do I need to do it differently and figuring out why? And that was a huge a huge moment for me realizing that mm-hmm. the my interpretation of different disappointment had been very different than any way that could serve what I was doing. That feeling like a failure made me own that that <coughs> sense of of disappointment and failure as opposed to seeing it as as a springboard for the person that I wanted to be. So I feel like it was an incredible moment to realize that even even though we we try to be positive and we want good for ourselves, we want successes that um, that how we interpret the, our emotions is so important to that game. And even the, our, the tone we use when we're talking to ourselves, or um, I remember another moment of, of saying to myself, you know, don't lose contact, don't lose contact, as I kept fading off this pack I was trying to stay with in a race. Mm-hmm. And the moment I shifted to um, from... Um, from using negatives and instead of saying don't lose contacts because don't and lose are kind of are kind of negative words yeah, in themselves yeah, yeah. to switching that to maintain contact maintain contact my posture shifted immediately my chest was higher I was pulling myself toward the toward the men and men and women in front of me and started closing that gap so it was not telling my body what it what I didn't want it to do it was telling telling it what I wanted it to do and I mean, even saying it, not telling it what I didn't want it to do sounds confusing. So negatives are just confusing. It's confusing internally. It's confusing mm-hmm. to even say. And so just leading, leading your voice with, with um, good example on what you want to pursue and what you want out of yourself is, has also been important. So the tools just kept stacking up and stacking up over the years to where I get to a hard point in a race and I think, oh man, this is it. This is the spot I love because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to either... Either one of my tools is going to work or I'm going to find a new one here to, to overcome this pain or this fatigue. And so it's become a game for me, not something that stresses me out or um, I feel obligated mm-hmm. to do, but a really fun moment to be able to challenge my, my body and my positivity in a, in a struggle. And in running, it's much more fun to add struggle to that than it is to add struggle to your life. But the, the point of doing it is so that I'm in this habit of, of constant optimism and trying to see a solution to something so that when that comes up in life, I have the, the tools right there to do it. You know, Dina, there's nobody on earth that needs to read your book more than I do. I, honestly, I, I'm, tw- I'm, 20, I'm 20 years older than you are, but it, this is how bad it gets for me. And I shouldn't be, the, it's been a wonderful career, fantastic, and I shouldn't be thinking about this stuff. But every time, I, every Sunday we get ratings. It's every, so, you know, uh, the light goes on and the horn sounds just like a hockey goalie every Sunday for me. So this is me, and maybe this is how you used to think. I call and I say, did we win? Yes, you won. Well, how much did we win by? It's not enough to win we also yeah. have to win by a uh, by a large margin. Otherwise, it's not as I have to get over that. It, it, it's it's been all this wonderful success. I've been very very lucky, but I just I can't enjoy it the way I used to. It's really yeah. it's going to do me a and lot I of good. Be, a lot of good to read your I book. I used to be in that same exact spot that when I was going to win a race, yep. 
I wanted to win big because winning by a narrow yep. margin would have been a fluke. Like, it, people might have questioned it. <laughs> like, oh, it was exactly. just a, you know, someone just sneezed or slipped in the race and they would have won otherwise. But I wanted to win by the mm-hmm. largest, largest margin possible. So I definitely, definitely can, can relate to that. But I also, in some of those intense, intense moments that are so indigestible to us, that I also started adding strategic joy around them to make them a little more, um, a little more bearable. Like I used to dread Sunday runs cause I got dropped by my male training partners all the time. And I was felt <laughs> defeated and exhausted at the, at the end yeah. of the run and just slept the whole afternoon. Like whether I was exhausted or depressed or maybe a little bit of both slept all afternoon. And I finally just created a, a routine that I got up and I had made scone dough the night before and I put scones in the oven and I grabbed my favorite crunch press and I made myself really strong coffee and I had breakfast and I had the Sunday Times delivered to my door only on Sundays so that it was a treat for me and I'd skim the headlines and head out to practice already feeling like my day's a little bit better and then as soon as I got home from that practice even though I was tired I totally looked forward to sitting there and spending the rest of the day lounging and reading the rest of the Sunday Times. And it, it Sundays quickly became one of my favorite days of the week, even though the run was really hard. Well, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read your book, and then I'm going to reach out to you because I, I, I guarantee you I need your book. So I'm going to read your book, and then I'm going to reach out and have you back on again, and we're going to talk about it, all right? I love it. I love that idea. And really, our, our, our minds are so malleable. They're shapeable. And I think so often we, we think that we are, are just negative people or upbeat people yep. like you you hate the girl next door because she's always so perky and happy but but we can we we can create that one thought at a time and create a better habit of being able to get there faster even if we if we still get upset every now and then let your mind run a memoir of thinking my way to victory it came out yesterday dina castor c-a-s-t-o-r dina will talk soon thank you so much for for the interview today thank you so much have a good day you too. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tom Bernard Show.